Welcome to the Cult Video Vault. It gives me no pleasure whatsoever to present your hosts, Robbie and Greg. Hello and welcome to the Cult Video Vault. I'm Robbie with my co-host Greg. In every episode, we pull a movie from the vault and discuss its qualifications as a cult film. Greg, how are you? I am pumped for this episode of the Cult Video Vault. We, I apologize apologize right now for the many bad Arnold. They are going to be so bad. We are going to turn into Werner Herzog by the end. We apologize. We can't. You can't open that. I don't apologize. Okay. I apologize. Greg is not apologetic. No, Uh, you're going to have to suffer just like we did watching this film. I didn't suffer. Today, we have used our muscular biceps and combined vascularity to pull 1977's pumping iron from the vault. It is the film that put Arnold on the map, launched the fitness craze of the 80s, and is half made up. They live in a world of 57-inch chests, 22-inch arms, 28-inch thighs, and hundreds of pounds of rock-hard muscle. To some, they're freaks. To some, they're sex objects. To some, they're heroes. In fact, they are the most physically perfect of all men. And they got that way by pumping iron. Pumping up, pumping iron. Dude, I don't know about half made up. It's mostly bullshit. The drama, a lot of the drama is made up. When it was first released, it was released as a documentary. And then they're like, really? Really? And it's like, okay, it's a docudrama. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is a docudrama? So that means you you lied in your documentary, got called out, and realized like, oh no, that was, we never wanted to tell anyone that this was real. They, they manufactured some drama. I didn't know any about any of that the first time I saw this movie. I was just like, oh, it's a documentary about Arnold. And I thought, and I was like, it was really compelling. I was like, I don't know. I was younger and I don't, obviously my introduction to Arnold is action movies. Absolutely. It is Terminator, is Predator, is Commando. With the occasional comedy, like Kindergarten yeah. Cop. Kindergarten Cop, or or even Last Action Hero. Jingle Zeve, go see my new movie. <laughs> True Lies, et cetera, et cetera. When, when I was a kid and watching all those movies, he was already the biggest action movie star on the, on the planet. And yeah, he's a super muscular dude and big, but I, did, I never knew. Oh, because he was a bodybuilder first. <laughs> yeah, man, Mr. Olympia. For yes, and you know, if you look into it, he is still revered as a legend, as this man who put bodybuilding on the map, even among the people who do it today, they still revere Arnold. They worship Arnold because he is like the one of the maybe not the actual founder of the sport, but certainly the I don't know, the guy who put it on the map in the modern sense. What I take away from this movie more than anything is Arnold, even then, 1977, before he's in the Terminator, has it. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's just oozing charisma. The moment he's on screen, you understand why he is so successful. Why he's anything he's put his mind to, he's largely has, it has been successful. Like He wanted to be, a, he wanted to be remembered, wanted to win a lot of bodybuilding competitions, did it. Mm-hmm. Wanted to be a movie star, was a movie star, wanted to become a a, a, a politician, became a politician and won the, gov- the governorship. Like he wanted to do those things and they happened. 
because he has this will, this charisma. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a big fan of Arnold. I do believe that there are always two sides of every coin that he is most likely a dick <laughs> to a lot of people because he naturally slips into this villain role way too easy. And it is crafted for this film. And I think it was even suggested, you know, like, oh, Arnold's like, oh, I'll do it. I can like if like he's talked about it, like they even have a was it raw iron? I think came out relatively recently, like 10 years ago or something, five years ago. Kind of talks about the making of this and talks about how oh, Arnold's like, yeah, I kind of made up a lot of those stories. <laughs> and then like, I didn't yeah. and like a lot of that stuff was staged or or at least suggested, you know, it became more of a reality show type thing where mm-hmm. they manufacture the drama, the story about him not going home to, to his father's funeral. Oh, yeah. hundred percent made up. Yeah. It's just made up because stole they needed from somebody else. Yeah, they need to cast someone as a villain and someone as the underdog. And when you look at Arnold, he's won five years in a row. They're interviewing him at the beginning of the documentary. Mm-hmm. And, he, and they're like, well, who's the best body bro in the world? And like, Arnold's like, I am. I am the best. Yes, yeah. I've won. I've not lost in eight years. Yeah, but it's also weird. So if you look at it from that perspective, that Arnold is the villain in Pumping Iron and he fucking wins. The bad guy yeah. wins. That is why you can, I would say, you trust the. The results of, I mean, as much as you can trust any sport that is on judges scoring, I loosely follow bodybuilding now. And there's still always debate about, oh, the judges wanted this person versus that person. Even like the, they, yeah. the, the Olympia contest just happened. And the person who won, they won because they think they'll, the, a lot of people are like, oh, he'll be a better spokesman for the sport, et cetera, et cetera. And you're right. like, well, you can't quantify any of those things. It's all like, oh, what does the judge think? <laughs> they think they think Arnold looks the best, so he wins. Yeah. That kind of it's thing. all about the pump and the pose. I mean you have to get your posing. I find it fascinating. It's such an insane thing. It's super, super weird. So this movie in particular is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So it starts off with some of the most god awful music. I have ever had to sit through. I'm jealous of Lou Ferrigno because <laughs> he couldn't hear the fucking music. It's very bad. I can't. There's no defending the music in this. It is the most baffling thing in in, in the entire movie because all the choice. It's like this weird, sexy sax music and like funk and like it's so stark, especially if you follow any like short documentaries about current Mm -hmm. bodybuilding or any sports documentaries in general. You watch them and they're like, you know, the music is usually like inspirational or it's driving drama music it's like building you want to build you know the t- if they're and they're trying to tell a story with this that is the whole reason they manufacture the drama the music never builds to like oh this is a tensile like with those the moments in particular it's it strikes so stark when they're building to those scenes where they announce who wins but instead you get <laughs> 
Dude, it's bad. It's, it's bad. really bad. Laughably bad. I think that there are moments in this film, besides the music, that are laughably bad. And awkward. So awkward. The camera hangs for so long with no dialogue on these men and their muscles and just zooming and panning and holding. And it goes on and on <laughs> and on. I I know that this movie has inspired a lot of people to go pick up some weights. But you can't tell me that this didn't awaken a lot of gay men. The sport of bodybuilding. There is an inherent homoeroticism to it. It is all about appreciating the a physical form of either a woman or a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is about appreciating muscles, which yeah. is to many people inherently masculine. Yes. Yes. The old the old muscle magazines that uh, Lou Ferrigno's dad taught. I would catch him in bed reading the muscle magazines late at night mm-hmm. and i'm like oh oh i i don't think you just realized what you outed there is an intersection of you know it is inherently it's like male gaze right and yeah it's very fascinating to me because it is that intersection of well a lot of those muscle magazines are basically fetish magazines they Absolutely. are basically they're like they are there to serve a dual purpose mm-hmm. where they are Sure. Certainly there are people who just want, I want to look a certain way. You know, I want my, I want to be big. I want to be strong. Um, I want to look like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. it is that like, and I, I lifted weights in high school uh, and there is an inherent, like, no, I want to be strong. It fe- it's good. It feels good to be strong. It feels good to, it feels good to get the pump. I disagree with that. <laughs> It doesn't feel like coming. It does not feel like coming. It's as satisfying to me as uh, coming is. The like, it hurts. It's painful. <laughs> like Arnold is a nutcase. Like all, the, like all these bodybuilders who get to this level are all insane. Uh, but he's he's talking about after the pain. Once the pain is gone and the blood has engorged your muscles, <laughs> it I feels still- like in the skin is tight. It does not it feels feel like coming. I, I never enjoyed it. I don't know what he's talking about. It was oh, always a, it was a, it's a byproduct, but it never felt good. It was always like, oh, my muscles <laughs> feel weird, but it's in, it's inherently homoerotic. It's inherently like, oh, you have to appreciate the male form. To, if you're mm-hmm. watching a, a body male bodybuilding competition, you and it's about proportion, which is really was in those days. It's different a little bit now, but it is you inherently have to go like, oh, no, I like seeing muscular men. Mm-hmm. I want to look at this. It is also an acceptable way for men, perhaps, who maybe aren't comfortable with their sexuality, whatever it may be, who want who like looking at muscular men. Oh, my for gosh. Them. Whenever he was at the prison and <laughs> he's he's flexing and he gives the girl a kiss. I want to give me a kiss. I heard about those guys in here. Oh, my God. Oh, man. He's I want to kiss. And Arnold, everybody's just like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You want to kiss from Arnold or you want to you want to kiss from the girl? Mm. (laughs) I think it's less of that now. I think it's more acknowledged. Oh, yes, this is obviously there's homoeroticism in this. But in the back in the 70s when this was made, I think it was less so. 
At oh, least, absolutely. Out, at least out in the open. You cannot acknowledge it. The entire movie is just mostly naked, muscular men. And the music doesn't help. No. Because it feels like old, that stereotypical porn music. And it's mm-hmm. like, and they pl- and it's playing while you're watching men like just. The filmmakers had to know that that yeah. was an audience. I mean, I, come they, on. I think, I think they were leaning into it at a, at a point. I think I, they didn't understand. I don't think what this movie would be. What about this film garners a cult following? I think there's different members of the cult. I think there's people want one just as a, this is a Arnold vehicle. Effectively it is. I love Arnold and this is how he got to start. That is fascinating. I don't know, man. You never heard of a little movie called Hercules in New York. Oh, I mean, I, (laughs) I don't think this is like a great film, but it is certainly better than Hercules in New York. Dude, it's that is bad. If you were to go on just Hercules in New York as what Arnold is capable of doing, mm-hmm. zero charisma, none. And then you watch this and you're like, oh, he's he has it. He has the, the it factor. That must have been what the producer saw other than the muscles that he they had the confidence enough to be like yes put him in a movie he has the look he has that physical charisma and i think honestly hercules in new york the problem is that they're telling him not to be himself right like arnold he's having to put on a character and right you know he's not he's not a great actor no he's not a good actor he's good at being him though yeah right he's a good personality right and so that's largely what you get in every good Arnold vehicle is like, oh, Arnold just gets to be himself for the most part um, in display that physical charisma he has. Um, But it's like, I think it's a combination of like Arnold. It is a combination of, I think, you know, the music and stuff. I think sometimes there's, there's camp in the fact that there is so much homoeroticism in it. Um, There's so much muscle bend and grunting. Um, Mm -hmm. The drama um, is, is there despite the fact that it's made up a lot of people still don't realize that you can if you just come to this film cold and you never really look into it you wouldn't know that you would right. just think it's true this was 77 and his first big movie doesn't happen until 82 with conan the barbarian right and then he gets a freaking rocket strapped to his back and you start to see him in action movie after action movie after action movie all through the 80s where he again becomes what we now know as an action hero. And I think honestly the moments that are that stick with me or are going to stick with me about this movie are the things that I feel like are genuine. Mm-hmm. They're not the drama. It is the moments like there's a, a a younger guy, a small guy who's kind of just getting started in bodybuilding yeah. and he's at the gym with Arnold and he's trying to pose. And Arnold's giving him lessons and Arnold's like a lot. And he's like, there's a, he taught, he tells him like a lot of small guys, they shrink, they try and hide when Mm -hmm. they're posing. And Arnold's like, don't do that. Oh, you're talking about the scene where they do the, the Heil Hitler Nazi salute. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to say there's also lots of like bodybuilding in general is just like, Oh, we're going to do weird poses. And I don't know. I don't attribute that that pose in particular. I'm like, Oh my God. Arnold, stop. Stop. <laughs> he doesn't realize. Uh, that feels genuine, right? That yeah. feels like a real moment of Arnold just giving advice to this guy starting out. 
and saying, hey, you got to like display confidence, right? It doesn't matter if you don't feel like you're the best looking guy. You have to act like you're the best looking right. guy. You have to pose this way. You look, look, you have to look up like all these, like make this straight line, like this weird, it, this, this weird set of rules about bodybuilding and wh- how they are judged, right? Like, like po- why posing is so important despite the fact, oh, this guy has, has worked harder and has bigger muscles, but his posing is, isn't as good. And you're like, oh, I, that really matters. It's such a strange thing. I enjoyed the moments when Arnold wasn't on screen. I mean, not to say, okay, again, I love Arnold. I'm, I'm, I'm bashing him a bunch right now. And that doesn't really show like how much I love his movies. I think they're fantastic. But I didn't think he was the most interesting part of the film. Like they would touch on other bodybuilders that I wanted to know more about. And we got moved along real quick. It just kind of glosses over them as we continue on Arnold's journey to become Mr. Olympia for the fifth or sixth time and then retiring. Yeah. But like I whenever mean, they go up to like Mike Katz, the, yeah, Mike the, Katz. The, the, the father, right? The father figure and showing his personal life. There you go. That's some genuine people moments. It's that very strange contrast. And it feels like you can also sense they didn't know what they were making, right? They, they oh, right. They like you have this like, oh, we're going to start because it starts with this weird like it's like 15 minutes maybe of like of Mike Katz and imposing and him why he started bodybuilding and oh, because he's Jewish and he got bullied for wearing glasses and like, you know, him that kind of drove him to all of his these athletic endeavors. And then you see like him contrasted with Ken Waller, which is again made up. Uh, they didn't have a feud. They were very close friends. Dude, that was such bullshit where he's frank, freaking trying to rib him. From what I've read, he hid the shirt just as a fun prank because they were friends. They were close friends. They trained together. So he hid his shirt before. And then they filmed that football scene with him throwing the football around after the fact. That was after the competition was over. Oh. Waller didn't intend to do anything. It was just a harmless like, oh, well, I'll hide his shirt. It'll be fun. Uh, and Waller has said, I hate that that's in the movie. Now, I got booed at competitions for years because people thought I was a, I was conspiring. A yeah, yeah I was a you were a fucking bully. But I also loved watching Mike's reaction at the end of that competition. Whenever Ken wins, how happy he is that his friend won. Exactly. He's like, oh, I gotta go. I guess he won. I guess go shake his hand. I gotta go congratulate him. And, and he's, he's like, like, oh, oh man, that must he, feel great. He's such a nice guy. You're like, oh, that's ni- that's nice. And it like it is true. It's that's also feels real. Yeah, it doesn't feel manufactured. The Lou Ferrigno stuff. I like Lou. I like <laughs> it's, but his dad. Dude. I hate his dad. <laughs> his dad is a weirdo. And oh like, my that's gosh! All, all his dad is made up too. Like his dad was not a was not a member of his training team. The the guy the documentarian was like, oh, we'll put his dad in here so we give this more of a shape. God but, damn it. But Lou didn't train with his dad. Lou didn't even, that wasn't even Lou's gym. They purposely chose a gym that looked kind of dingy with a bunch of overweight guys in it. So that oh, they, my God. they could it, give it, Lou that, a different story. Knowing that it actually feels really weird and awkward listening to his dad give him motivational speeches. <laughs> this is so 
weird. If I hadn't known that his dad wasn't actually a part of this, which I had known that for a while, I would all know. I it definitely would have a different lens. Uh-huh. But now, but you watch it knowing that his dad was just thrown in here. Yeah, see, like, I didn't know that. I didn't realize uh-huh. that. I, I purposely try tried to do as little research as possible before watching the movie. So all of this is is knowledge after the fact. I mean, I also knew. I mean, I knew this for a decade, probably after, uh, th- like before today. Um, also, like the stuff with like uh, Franco when he moves the car. That wasn't <laughs> that wasn't organic. They put the car there so he could move yeah, it. Yeah, it's staged. But it's. I mean, it's cool. I like. World's I, I don't mind watching him pick up a freaking car. That's badass. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like World's Strongest Man uh, for the yeah. same reason. Like you it, watch it shows big, how strong he is and how tiny the Italian cars are. That is, I mean, it is a small car, but honestly, like just getting at least casual. He just grabs a towel and just puts it under the bumper. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like all right, cool, Franco. But I mean, in the the final competition with him and Arnold, like it's it's not fair. But tall guys are gonna beat this the short guy every t- every time. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's just the way that bodybuilding is it's much like vince mcmahon's view on pro wrestling like we want a tall guy we don't but want that's not guy. that's not always get lou lou is taller than arnold lou is, lou is taller than arnold but i think there's an interesting documentary in there that is all about directly contrasting those two guys and the fact that you know lou is partially deaf and he doesn't have that same natural outgoing nature of arnold mm-hmm. zero and, charisma Right. Even though the fact he's massive and he's, uh, you know, he's not an ugly man, but he just seems like a little, he's quiet, reserved, probably because maybe because he's partially deaf. Um, I don't oh, know. Yeah. He definitely comes off as a big dork. I think that that's kind of charming in of itself. To be fair, mostly, most of bodybuilding is not like, it's a boring lifestyle. You're like eating bland protein all day every day and lifting lots and lots of weights right and i I think i think lou is a legit nerd because he read comics he wanted to be the incredible hulk and he willed that into an existence eventually whenever he was cast as the incredible hulk in the tv show you see i do conventions that i see lou and i'm like hey it's lou ferrigno it's awesome I, i think it's absolutely hilarious i so i went to cons Man, way back in the day, in the early 2000s, and when before it was popular, before Comic-Con was the big cult, pop culture phenomenon that it is now, you'd have mini-cons all around the country and the world. Uh, Wizard World would come to Arlington, and I would go to, me and my younger brother would go. And it wasn't a huge uh, attended event, so you would see celebrities like Virgil, <laughs> from wwf and then lou ferrigno and they would all have these booths on a wall and there would be little to no line so it's just like why am i going to pay money whenever i can legit see lou ferrigno with my own eyes 25 feet away i'm good thanks lou i saw him i I mean i've i think i've crossed paths with him at a con even like you're just walking next to him like oh he is very big Oh, he's a big man. Still big man. Still an old big man is what Lou Ferrigno is nowadays. I do find like you say, like, why is this a cult movie? I think it's because it's so, like we talk about how strange it is. Yeah, it I, that it, I think it's it becomes more of a cult movie as time goes on, as this becomes further and further divorced from like a reality. <laughs> it becomes like such a strange snapshot and like all the fact that it's half manufactured, like all these weird things in it, you're just it just makes it more strange. 
Yeah. And it's also like, it is like basically the birth of Arnold as a, you know, about his cult of personality. It's kind of that start of that. And I think all of these reasons like are why it's going to be a cult movie, why it persists. It's also set apart from other sports documentaries, right? I think, which is also a part of why it's a cult film. It's not yeah. ever going to be embraced the way, like if you're a serious documentary documentarian and you're making sports documentaries, this is separate from that because it's yeah. manufactured and incredibly strange. It's a sight to behold. If you haven't seen pumping iron, do yourself a favor, watch it knowing you're going to be in for the most awkward time of your life. See, if we hadn't done this so close to showgirls, I probably would agree with you, but this is 85 minutes, right? It's not over two hours and it is. It feels long, bro. I'm going to hear here the moment. Uh, this is just to the audience, to anyone listening. The moment you start seeing just the montage of men lifting weights, just hit your 30 second skip, right? Just hit your 30 second skip a couple times. No, man. Bask in it. Thanks for listening to the Cult Video Vault. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and tag us in everything you think belongs on the podcast. My name is Greg, a.k.a. The Movie Mutant, and you can find me at themoviemutant.com. I'm Robbie Dorman, and you can find everything I do on robbydorman.com with links to purchase all of my horror novels. You should go buy them, because they're good. I'm Robbie Dorman on all social media platforms, but I'm most active on Instagram. We'll see you next time in the vault. Vault.